Seven lights shine bright at night, almost like the bulbs of the marquee. I can imagine my name written dead center. Indy Parkland, NXT Women's Champion. The sight of that is impressive. My journey has been a roller coaster. Big opportunities, big heartbreak. <laughs> What's up, everybody? My first chance. Maybe my last chance. I'm not fighting for a tag team. I'm not fighting for a partner. I'm fighting for myself to get my name up in lights. So it's WrestleMania weekend. NXT Stand and Deliver is happening momentarily. Last night, the WWE kicked off WrestleMania weekend. This is Big John. This is Panic Attack. We are moments, hours, minutes, seconds away from the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. That was Indy Hartwell, in case you didn't hear her say her own name a minute ago. I am Big John. Follow me on Getter, Twitter, and Truth Social at the real underscore Big John. Like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, last night, like I was saying, WWE Hall of Fame kicked off the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, it was right after the SmackDown show. I was uh, really interested in this. They had a, a red carpet style event <laughs> and uh woo good old Carmella showed up in a see-through dress with uh star shaped pasties over her uh nipples <laughs> but she looked cute way too cute for Corey Graves uh I'm I'm sitting there why do we have to have a pre-show Leading up to the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. And then I realized, well, they had to do something to kill time. Because uh, the WWE Hall of Fame immediately followed SmackDown. And they had to give the ring crew time to set things up. So, uh, I was sitting there wondering, did the fans at SmackDown get to keep their seats? And... Basically, it looked to me like if you bought a ticket to SmackDown, you got a front row seat to the Hall of Fame. And I thought that was super cool for them to do that for the fans. Uh, it used to be the Hall of Fame was a separate ticket and part of WrestleMania weekend. I, I don't know. If that's how they did it this year. Uh, it looked like the fans just stayed there after SmackDown was over. And hey, you were at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Which is cool for your you know, overpriced SmackDown ticket. You got to watch the Hall of Fame as well. And it was packed to the rafters. Uh, I do wish they had it a little more classy at a its own venue but that's fine it, 
it's, it's just cool for the average fan to be able to sit there and see that. Uh, a, a funny thing on the red carpet. Um, Kurt Angle has a hot wife who's got to be like 20 or 30 years younger than him. And she was extremely camera shy. When he first walked out there, she didn't want to walk on the camera. And you could tell somebody off camera was uh, ushering her or motioning to her, telling her to get closer to the announcer, whoever the guy was interviewing Kurt. They wanted her in frame in the shot, and she didn't want to be there. She was... <laughs> very camera shy. Very gorgeous, though. Good way to go, Kurt. Uh, they interviewed Charlotte Flair as well. Uh, she is toned down and lost a lot of weight. Uh, she's still gorgeous as hell. I'm not, you know, not saying anything negative. And she's still toned as hell. Uh, I also noticed though her looks like her. Uh, her pectorals aren't as big as the, her pectorals used to be. So, we'll get into all that. Let's listen to Vinnie Mac welcome us to WrestleMania. Throughout this past year... Our WWE superstars performed tirelessly for all of you. Week after week, month after month, but we all knew there was something missing, something very important, the most important. That would be all of you, our fans, the WWE Universe. He is old. Man, Denny Max old. As we emerge from this dreadful pandemic, on behalf of our entire WWE family, we would simply like to say thank you and welcome you to WrestleMania! WrestleMania! Alright, man. So, the Hall of Fame. Uh, I noticed on the Smacketh Down, Oh, what do they call that? The the, uh, the graphic on screen, pardon me, had to thunk there for a moment, Terry. Um, so, with the, uh, the SmackDown graphic, I said, oh, hey, shit, there's Tim White, referee. I didn't know they were inducting him this year. So, the first actual inductee was Stacy Keebler. And I I want to say I don't have a problem with Stacy Keebler. I think she's uh from the way they talked about her she's like the nicest person on earth. But this is a Hall of Fame. What did she contribute to the wrestling business? The business if you will, like Dusty Rhodes would say. Um and she was very instrumental in getting tag teams over uh she helped get the Dudley boys over in WWE because WWE is not ECW and uh 
So she was instrumental in that. Uh, I forgot about her partnership with the Hurricane and Rosie. Um, but truthfully, for let's say Victoria or Tara or Lisa Marie Veron, whatever you want to call her, this is someone that should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Victoria was having, you know, classic five-star matches with anybody and everybody when these other girls were doing pillow fights and stuff like that. Uh, but what did Stacy Keebler contribute to the wrestling business? I cannot tell you anything. She was popular. She popped the crowds. Not saying she wasn't an attraction, attractive attraction. She she definitely was an attraction in wrestling, but not somebody who changed the business in any way, shape, or format. So Stacy was oddly enough inducted by Mick Foley and Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson, obviously not a surprise. They're best friends. Uh, but she caught, when she found out she was being inducted, she called Mick up and asked him to do her induction. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so uh, Mick said he was surprised. <laughs> I think everyone else was surprised to see Mick, Mick Foley standing there in the wrestling ring, inducting Stacy Keebler. But uh, he spoke highly of her. Uh, then, of course, Tori Wilson, her best friend. Uh, Tori's uh, that you could see the hair on her arms and her goosebumps. Um, I I don't know if that's a nervous thing or what, but. She definitely had goosebumps to uh, indu induct her friend, and uh, her hairs were standing on end. So um, she she said she gave Stacy credit for the women's evolution, and that Stacy showed women could be feminine and strong. I I can't say I agree with that that's a great compliment and you know repeatedly saying what a nice kind person Stacy Keebler is uh, was is fantastic Ooh, my alarm just went off hey time to wake up um but I just I don't get I don't see it uh, she did pillow fights yeah, she did a couple sort of wrestling matches, but she she just wasn't a wrestler. And, you know, valets and managers can go in the Hall of Fame, but if you're going to put a valet in, why not Miss Elizabeth? Hello? The, the greatest... Miss Elizabeth and Nancy Sullivan, who was murdered by that guy we can't say his name... Uh, woman 
she and Miss Elizabeth revolutionized valets uh, in two totally different ways, but they were great at it. So uh, for Stacy Luke or Stacy Lucas, that's a friend of mine, Stacy Keebler to go in the Hall of Fame uh, ahead of woman, ahead of Miss Elizabeth, um, ahead of Victoria, Jazz, um, some of these women that were putting on classic wrestling matches, or, uh, I mean, I guess for people that were younger in the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era was kind of the middle of my wrestling love life. Um, I guess Stacy Keebler is up there with those other women, but... I don't think she she did for the wrestling business what they did. Uh, Stacy's speech, she thanked the fans a lot. Uh, and that was really awesome of her to do that. She said, and this is where she started to gain my respect. Uh, she said she started out as a super fan. And they put a picture of her up on the big screen holding up a sign. Uh, for Bret Hart. Uh, she said she tried out for the Nitro Girls. Just because she wanted to meet Bret Hart. She thought, well, maybe I'll make it to the finals and I'll get to meet Bret Hart. So that uh, upped her cred, in her street cred, however you want to say it, in my book a little bit. That was pretty cool. Um, I forgot that she was trained by Medusa. Uh, I think it was, at some point, WWE wanted... Or, Pardon WCW wanted all the women, uh, whether they were Nitro Girls or valets or whoever, to learn to wrestle. And uh, she even kidded about her own wrestling abilities when, you know, she said Fit Finley, who also trained her, trying to, you know, make something out of this, you know, girl that couldn't wrestle. Anyhow. So that was Stacy Keebler. Not, not saying she's undeserving, not saying she's a bad person, just not my not one of my picks for the WWE Hall of Fame. Andy Kaufman was next. And it's like, man, this this is uh somebody I, I kind of forgot about. Now this he was part of Memphis Wrestling as it's affectionately known. But he did one of the greatest angles, did some of the greatest promos of all time, uh, did a lot to make wrestling mainstream when he and Jerry Lawler went on the David Letterman show and Lawler slapped the crap out of him. Uh, this is an episode that Dave Letterman and the people that were with that show uh, for all those years, going back to the slap episode, they called that the money episode because that's the episode he says that put him on the map that, that made that show famous because then every TV network and whatnot was playing the slap uh, in that segment. So uh, Jerry Lawler was at home and did a video 
Uh, he's recovering from, I believe, maybe another uh, another stroke. Uh, but anyways, Jerry Lawler, I don't mean to laugh at the man had a stroke. Uh, he had a stroke while having sex. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. But Jerry Lawler did a video uh, for Andy Kaufman. And then Jimmy Hart uh, came out and introduced, uh, inducted Andy. Uh, Hart says that uh, Kaufman was a genius on getting heat. That he loved, that Andy Kaufman loved it. The night fans tried to knock the windows out of Jimmy Hart's car. There, there was a big, you know, Jimmy Hart was his manager for about a year. And one night after Memphis, Tennessee, wrestling, they were in Jimmy Hart's car and the fans were rioting and trying to break the windows out of Hart's car. And Jimmy Hart says, and the only problem was me and Andy were in the car. And, uh, good old Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, man. He's about almost 80 years old. And he still looks tremendous. Uh, so then they brought out the Kaufman family. And th this was interesting to me. You know, uh, I've heard stories of what a great wrestling fan he was. And his family said, you know, he got into wrestling because he was a fan. Uh, that when he used to make his his family members watch wrestling, he told them that's real theater, and he loved the bad guys and how they could get the reaction from the fans, and that was really cool. That you know his brothers and sisters and everyone said how. He would make them watch the wrestling with him, and he would really be into the theatrics and the way that the bad guy walked around the ring, and he made the fans hate him, and things like that. Uh, something I did not know was people in the acting business wanted to keep Andy out of the wrestling business. They said that it would hurt his career. And when he did the pile driver match with Jerry Lawler, he wanted to wear the neck brace on the show Taxi. And the producers and writers and people said, no, if you try to wear that neck brace on the show, we will write you out of the script. We will kill your character off. So he wanted to stick to the stick to kayfabe. Uh but the tax the writers, producers of the television show Taxi, which he was a big star of, um, would not let him do that. So the great Muda came out next. Uh I this was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He was inducted by Ric Flair. And Flair started out saying that, you know, I'm an entertainer. 
they're the baddest badasses, speaking of the Japanese wrestlers. Uh, the Japanese work ethic, the commitment to excellence. <coughs> he went to Japan to wrestle when he was NWA champion, and the guys were backstage doing a thousand free squats. Uh, he really talked up the Japanese wrestler, uh, wrestlers, pardon me. Uh, he said when the great Muda came to Atlanta, they wanted him to show Muda around. <laughs> this was in the high, high of Rick days, Rick Flair's heyday, party days. Uh, but Rick said that uh, Muda was the best Japanese wrestler. And he put Muda in the same class of wrestling as Ricky Steamboat and Shawn Michaels. Uh, he also reminded Shawn Michaels that Muda invented the moonsault, not Shawn Michaels. Um, Rick also brought up the fact that uh, 10 years ago or so, uh, Rick's son, Reed, who was having a lot of problems getting into American wrestling because he failed a drug test. Uh, Rick took his son to Japan and, and trusted him to the care of the great Muda. And Muda took care of Reed for, for Rick. I, I think that was you know special to see that. Now, um, Muda came out. He said, you know, I don't speak English very well. Uh, he thanked everybody many, many times. And then he, he did his green mist into the air. I always love the green mist. Uh, Muda is someone that's a very deserving entrant to the Hall of Fame. It, it was always a treat to watch Muda wrestle. He was special. He did things that I had never seen in wrestling at that point. Looking at uh, the way he moved, his speed, his quickness, you know, simple things like arm drags and hip tosses. He did it with in a way that nobody else had done. Were you, wow, how'd he do that? You know? And then, of course, when he needed to, you know, he would <laughs> resort to the green mist in his opponent's face when the ref wasn't looking. <laughs> Which, you know, the referee turns around and why is this guy's face covered in green <laughs> food coloring? <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but the moon salt, uh, never seen before. Unbelievable. It, it, you know, now everybody does it, but nobody did it back then, uh, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. So, a guy who revolutionized America wrestling, American wrestling, congratulations, Great Muda. Um, the Warrior Award went to Tim White. Now, remember when the Ultimate Warrior said there needed to be a special award for somebody who 
is behind the scenes that puts the work in. Uh, initially, the ultimate award did not say, I want an award named after me. He said there should be a, an award named after the guy who used to drive the the t-shirt truck to all the WWE events because, you know, he was somebody that worked hard and no one ever heard of. So uh, this is the kind of person that referee Tim White was. Uh, one thing, he was Andre the Giant's personal driver and one of Andre's best friends and drinking buddies. Uh, I didn't know he was still doing odd jobs behind the scenes for the wrestlers, just hanging out at, at uh, excuse me, at WWE events and uh, stuff up until he passed away in 2022. He was inducted by the APA, uh, Bradshaw and Ron Simmons. Uh, I noticed that there's no Dana Warrior this year, which was kind of good because if they're trying to save time, they didn't need Dana Warrior out there with one of her really long speeches. Uh, she is doing some behind-the-scenes creative work for WWE right now, but she was not there. Uh, in fact, after the Hall of Fame, I was scrolling through uh, Instagram, and she had posted a picture of herself uh, strolling along the beach uh, say, and said, you know, Cali girl or California girl, whatever. Um, but he talked about, or the APA, Bradshaw and uh, Ron Simmons brought up that, you know, Tim White was a a great guy, loving, caring person, all of those things. And uh, he had a bar. And his bar was the scene of a lot of <laughs> fights uh, during the Attitude Era. And basically they said whenever Tim needed something new at the bar... He would call WWE and say, hey, can you work my bar into an angle? Uh, and so uh, the APA destroying his bar in a brawl uh, got t uh, Tim new flat screen TVs and replaced a jukebox, uh, an old jukebox with a satellite digital uh, electronic jukebox that had every song ever made uh, and the old jukebox that they broke didn't work in the first place uh, or, uh, Farouk said Ron Simmons said <laughs> that was funny uh, whenever Tim needed his bar remodeled he'd say hey can you use my bar in a in a <laughs> in a fight and destroy the place so, congratulations, Tim White. Definitely missed. Kind person. Russ, next was Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Uh, one of my favorites. I remember the first time I saw him in ECW or WCW. Excuse me. I didn't. 
I did not watch him wrestle in ECW. First time I saw him in WCW, he just did moves differently. Did things in a unique way. You know, his high flying, the 619 as it became known. All things you didn't see in wrestling at that time. And so, definitely a deserving Hall of Famer. Uh, an innovator. He's inducted by Conan. Uh, and, and I got a little new respect for Conan after this. Uh, he really helped Ray and a lot of people get into the business. Uh, I, I didn't realize that. So, uh, Conan said, you know, when I broke in 35 years ago, there were not guys raised size. The late 80s and early 90s, it was all bodybuilders. Um, he got Ray started when Ray was underage, <laughs> 15, on the Los Angeles independent wrestling scene. Then uh, he took Ray to Mexico City and the promotion known as Triple A, which is still going today. Uh, then he got Ray to ECW and, uh, Conan thanked or complimented, excuse me, complimented Paul Heyman on his ability to see talent not just size, not just a look, but talent. So, very cool stuff. Uh, when he took Ray to WCW, uh, he told Kevin Sullivan, Ray Mysterio is a generational talent, and you will regret it if you don't sign him. And so, Sullivan said Ray was too small. And Conan reminded him, hey, look, you're not a very big guy yourself. And Kevin Sullivan's answer was, yeah, but I'm wider than he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Ray got his break in uh, WCW. That's where he became famous. Um, and Conan says that Rey Mysterio is the reason that Lucha Libre is in every promotion in the world now. And the Lucha Libre is obviously what the way you see Rey Mysterio wrestle, but it's a faster, higher paced, high spot style of wrestling, uh, that originated in Mexico. So out comes Rey Mysterio. He gets up to the podium. Dominic, his estranged son, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest get up and walk out. Now I I'm glad that is that they did that to kind of build to tonight's wrestling match. But I'm also glad they did not gimmick this 
Hall of Fame induction up. This would have been the perfect spot, excuse me, the perfect spot to have Dominic run into the uh, middle of Ray's speech, and they didn't do that. Thank goodness. They kept it, kept it 100, kept it to something that was an actual sports hall of fame. So, <clears throat> Ray talked about he had to pass a test, which would be a, a wrestling match. Uh, and the elders of the wrestling business in Mexico approved, but then he had to get a wrestling license at the age of 15. His uh, parents had to sign a waiver for him to do that. So his first match, he said, was in a church parking lot in Tijuana. <laughs> so... He then goes on to say Conan talked him into quitting school, quitting his job uh, as a pizza maker at a restaurant his brother managed. Uh, Ray made a lot of excuses trying not to go to Triple A, which was an upstart promotion at that time. It hadn't even really started. Period, point blank. Uh, Ray said, well, what about my girlfriend? I don't want to leave my girlfriend, who is now his wife. Uh, Conan said, if she loves you, she'll wait for you. Ray said, well, I don't think my parents will let me go. I'll talk to your parents. So, that was pretty cool. Conan talked him into quitting school, quitting his job, Leaving his girlfriend, who he eventually married, kudos to her, more kudos to her later. And he talked his he talked Ray's parents into <laughs> letting their son run off to Mexico City and join a startup promotion. So Angie, Ray's girlfriend at the time and wife, Ray was uh broke, he said. He got to the point where he, he couldn't even afford hotels. The AAA wrestling had not kicked off yet. And he was sleeping in a gym at night. Uh, sometimes under the ring, which I didn't understand why you'd have to sleep under the ring in the gym, but whatever. Uh, he would go to the payphone to call his girlfriend every day and... He was telling her he wanted to quit. It was hard. He didn't have any money. And she said, wait it out. And Angie, his wife, who was his girlfriend then, stopped her medical schooling to work to send Ray money while he was at AAA, this upstart promotion in Mexico City. How phenomenal and loving is that, that she gave up her dream temporarily to pay for his dream. I think that's really great. Wonderful, wonderful woman right there. 
Uh, of course, after Triple A, uh, Ray went to ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and it's he and Psychosis had a series of luchador matches that the American fans had not seen. Uh, Ray says there wouldn't be a Ray Mysterio without Psychosis. And Psychosis is a phenomenal lucha wrestler himself. Uh, I, him and Ray, when they were in WCW, were just amazing, the things they were doing. Uh, stuff that no one had seen before. Just like the last guy talked about, the great Muda. You know? So, Ray took a little time off after WCW closed. Uh, and he said in 2002, Jim Ross called him and said, Are you ready to sit down and do business? And that's how Ray got to WWE and the Hall of Fame. Uh, innovative, outstanding wrestler. Uh, I'm glad I got to watch him wrestle. So I'm going to end this one, try to do a quickie uh, WrestleMania preview and get that up. Good, God bless you guys. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Panic Attack.